California North State University, CNU, has scheduled a series of meetings that we are calling the Pizzeria Town Hall Meetings. The purpose of this series of four meetings, all held in Elk Grove Pizzerias, is to provide information to community members on CNU's controversial hospital project proposed in the Stone Lake neighborhood. The first meeting was held on Tuesday, February 11, 2020, at Fat Mike's Pizza in Elk Grove City Council District 2 on the city's Far East Side. This is Elk Grove News Podcast. I'm Dan Gowardy, and the following is a recording of that 90-minute meeting. Started. Uh, anyway, I will be, uh, uh, my name is Paulo Reyes. I'm a, a, a project manager for the design team of the hospital. Uh, but so we're gonna get uh, through this uh, and uh, try to answer a lot of questions. First, I want to sort of introduce uh, uh, Councilman uh, Pat Hume, who's the district we're in, and we're trying to go through everyone, and uh, maybe start us off. There. Oh, that's bright. <laughs> Let me get over here to where I can see all of you. So thanks for coming out. I appreciate uh, everyone uh, coming out to learn more about this project. That's all tonight is going to be is, is a presentation of sort of where it come from, where it is, and then an opportunity uh, for some questions and answers at the end of it. Um, I am free to admit that I don't really know much more than any of you about the status. They, they submitted the application um, in April of last year. It's going through the city uh, processes right now. Uh, we did have a TEFRA hearing, which uh, opens them up for the opportunity to seek tax-exempt bond financing, which is different than, say, a general obligation bond that would go on a ballot. All it does is get them cheaper money to build the hospital, but it comes with a string, and if they do that, then they have to be a nonprofit in order to operate the hospital. So it has some operational uh, concerns that they take. They're still weighing those, as far as I know. They've not made that decision. That's something they're going to determine as they get farther in the project. The comment period for the EIR for preparation has closed, so that is now underway. Um, obviously, that's going to be a robust study of uh, all of the different considerations of the project. And so we'll look forward to seeing uh, that when it comes forward. They did apply for the, um, uh, the program from the state that allows uh, some fast tracking as far as state approvals are concerned with respect to uh, the environmental quality of the project and the concerns that would be taken into consideration there. So uh, that's hopefully something that will be touched upon. But uh, again, I just appreciate everyone coming out to, to learn a little bit more and, and uh, appreciate uh, all of the CNU folks for uh, coming all the way over here into the very eastern part of District 2. And uh, hope everyone uh, enjoys uh, being out here in the rural area. So without further ado, I'll turn it back over. Thank you. Um, so before we get started with the uh, sort of the bulk of the presentation, I wanted to introduce uh, Dr. Alvin Chung, the CEO of uh, California North State University. Oh, thank you, 
Um, good evening. I just uh, also want to uh, extend my personal welcome to each and every one of you. And then particularly want to thank uh, Councilman Patrick uh, to create this opportunity for us to uh, have a dialogue uh, with members of the community uh, in this uh, particular area. So uh, once again, thank you for making time to come out here and then we, we can have a conversation. So without further ado, I want to hand the mic back to Apollo, uh, the project manager. Uh, thank you. Okay, thank you, Dr. Uh, thank you, Dr. Chan. Okay, um, so uh, you know, there's a lot of people here, and and feel free. I'm going to try to just go through and give as much information as I as I possibly can. Uh, a few logistics. Uh, bathrooms are over there on the through through that doorway. Um, the you know sodas and uh, and there's pizza over here. Feel free to just get up and get to, uh, get stuff if if you need it. Uh, you know there'll be definitely be uh, time for questions and answers uh, at the end. But you know so as we, as we go through this, if you feel that you want some clarification or or something like that. Then uh, you know, just sort of raise your hand, and, and we'll 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 go through it as as best we can. Anyway, so just a little bit more. Again, I'm uh, uh, my name is Paulo, and I'm project manager for this project. Um, I'm an architect, and I've been more I'm more uh, concerned with sort of sort of how the how the building's going to be done, how it's going to get permitted. Um, I'll try to answer questions about other things if we don't have the the people here who can answer this. Then you know we'll take your your information and we'll get that information to you as as uh, uh, best we can. Um, I just as a little bit of my experience with this. Uh, you know, I was a, a project manager for hospital in um, uh, Washington Hospital in Fremont, and then also San Francisco General Hospital, uh, obviously in San Francisco. So I'm pretty familiar with the, the concerns and needs of the community. As well, of course, as, as you know, the um, the operational requirements and all sort of the other things for the for the hospital itself. So again, I'll try to answer questions and, and give as much information as I can, you know, for this for this project. So um, we have a few people here from CNU, and and um, we can also help with uh, answer questions. Um, besides Dr. Chung, uh, Michelle Malone Keith, this, uh, I mean, Michelle Malone, sorry. <laughs> Her ex-husband. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, she's construction and facilities. Um, uh, we got Brian Holloway and Bob Magnuson. Uh, so again, we, we'll be able to make, hopefully be able to answer any questions you have about a specific topic if I can't, if I can't answer it. Okay. So let's get going. Let's get started. Oh, it's hard to see that, but let's let's sort of just go through this a little bit. Um, you know, there's a handout here that has sort of just the basic information for people who may not know. Again, I'll just give you the the big picture thing. Uh, What's your name again? My name's Paulo Paulo Diaz. P A O L O Diaz. D I A Z. Who do you work for? Fong and Chan Architects, or architecture firm based in San Francisco. What's the name? Fong and Chan Architects, FCA. Okay. FCA means Fong and Chan Architects. Fong and Chan FCA. Fong Chan. Fong Architects. So it's not a it's not a certification. Are you an engineer? No, no. I'm I'm with the architecture firm. Okay. 
Um, so anyway, it's um, this project is uh, right next to the current campus of uh, uh, California North State University. It's going to be the site is located uh, right off uh, I five. Uh, the, uh, the exit uh, for Elk Grove Boulevard, pretty much in that corner, and we try to locate that uh, the building as close to that uh, uh, that corner as possible. It's going to be the first phase of the project is uh, the hospital itself. It'll have uh, around 240, 250 beds, uh, and and a, and a central plant, and then eventually it's going to expand to be a, a 400 bed hospital in subsequent in subsequent phases. So that's sort of just the the, the bigger picture of this. This is just sort of a a uh, timeline of when we're uh, looking to be able to do this, and and in the in the context of uh, CNU, CNU moved uh, into uh, Elk Grove, uh, 2007. They opened the College of Pharmacy. 2014, they moved their main campus to Elk Grove, opened up subsequent uh, colleges, and then now they've had their first medical school graduates, and they've been you know, very successful at uh, developing sort of a quality medical school program. The next phase of that, when you open up a medical school, is really to have a uh, teaching hospital associated uh, with, that, with that facility. So the next phase for them as an institution is to really try to build a hospital that they can, they can uh, train their graduates into. Why on I-5? Because that's where their location is. Their, their campus is right, uh, is right adjacent to, it's right adjacent to uh, where the site is. But it's a floodplain. The floodplain issues. Okay. Well, we're, I mean, so as as as. No, I, we've already given you a chance, and, and here's the problem: that EIR that the expired that the, there's an expiry period. We didn't know about it. It wasn't announced in the community. The well, the EIR is still in the in within the city. It has not been uh, been reviewed yet, or they haven't put in the draft. I'm not sure what you're saying about an expired EIR. That, that, that's not. You the said case. the comment period was over. That's only the, for the notice of preparation. The, in, that's the initial component to sort of say what's going to be studied. The, the EIR itself has to go through and. Study all I those understand items, the and then process. Yes, yeah, so, so it's not an especially long presentation. Yeah, okay. Let, let, let me. We already know all this stuff. We well, know not everybody knows. We don't know it yet. We don't know it yet, Michael. Uh, give us a chance. We're going to be going to all the different districts. You know, obviously, you you, you know a lot of the the, the other backstory of the to the hospital, but I'm going to be able to give other people an opportunity to understand and then ask the ask the questions that, that they need to. So, uh, uh, write down your questions, and I'll try to go through them at, at, at the end. Okay. Um, so, so going going back a little bit, we're trying to get this to, um, um, through OSHPOD, which is the uh, Office for Statewide Health Planning and, and uh, Development, which is the main permitting agency. We're trying to submit that uh, this year, and then we're trying to start construction. You know, uh, sometime next year, and then we're trying to get at least the completion of the main building by, you know, sort of 2022, 2023 for for this. 
obviously this is a something that we're 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 trying to move as quickly as possible so that the CMU can get the hospital. But there's a lot of things in place, a lot of different um, um, approvals that need to happen, not only within the city of Elk Grove, but also with this with, with the state. And and then and then after that with licensing. So we have a lot of hurdles to be able to, to try to go through before we can actually open up the hospital. So some other key facts. Uh, I've mentioned some of these before. Um, three phases. The first phase, like I mentioned, is the hospital itself. The second phase would be uh, another bed tower that would be would increase the uh, bed count up to 400 beds. It also includes an outpatient clinic building, a medical office building, and a, uh, a parking garage to accommodate the uh, the added traffic. And then the um, and then also the uh, development of a um, uh, central landscape quad to try to create a campus for that includes the hospital plus the uh, the, the CNU uh, uh, building plus the other uh, plus the other associated uh, uh, facilities. And then the third phase is more of a it's a dormitory and there's some admin and uh, some additional uh, some additional parking that, that needs, that needs uh, to be uh, completed. Uh, let's see, so uh, it's about the, the initial building is about uh, 475,000 square feet of, uh, of next uh, square foot. Um, the departments, um, again, there, there's going to be, you can see some renderings up there. There's a, a three-story podium. Um, which will be the diagnostic and treatment, which I can see, uh, you know, sort of this, this the uh, diagnostic imaging, surgery, uh, LDRPs, which is uh, labor delivery. Um, you know, a lot of those are on the on the base podium. The the tower has the patient rooms, all the patient rooms in there, and then the the central column uh, in the there is all the sort of vertical elements that. Connect the building. Connect the building. So just from a from a design. Again, I'm the architect. So you know that's one of the things I'm more concerned about. The the base is where all the, the treatments happens. The tower is where all the um, the patient uh, bedrooms are. And then the uh, the central column is to transport both utilities and um, and people up up and down. Okay. Um. You know, one of the things that's said here again it is, and I think uh, Councilman Hume uh, touched on this, uh, the previous hospitals that I've uh, worked on both had uh, general obligation bonds, and um, this one won't. Uh, but then it still doesn't mean that you, you still have to go through the so uh, the review and approval process uh, for the EAR and with, with, uh, with planning. Um, if you had general obligation bonds, then you'd have to go through that process as well. But this one, they're using privately financed bonds to be able to do the project. So, uh, just some uh, some questions uh, here, sort of like I guess uh, some frequently asked questions is why why a hospital of growth? I've already I've already mentioned the fact that you know that CNU is a, a teaching a teaching uh, university, medical university, and they need to be able to. Uh, have a teaching facility to, to work with them, but just for Elk Grove itself, uh, there's no there's no current uh, hospital in Elk Grove. The the community is growing, uh, as it says here, 200,000 residents by 2029, plus uh, additional re regional migration. Um, so I think a lot of the the data is saying that the medical services is going to be needed 
uh, for Elk Grove and especially on that on that side of the, of the city. Um, you know, I I don't uh, have you know the um, uh, additional uh, you know um, data for that, but I think if, if you're asking for it, we probably get that. You have a question? No, I was going to ask you. I think it would be good if you could provide that data, but we have Methodist Hospital in Elk Grove, of course, as you know. Right. And then uh, for teaching hospital, we actually have a very large medical center at UC Davis, which would does service. Right. And so I think there is a question of, of what are your niches. And it's not like we're unserved. So so kind of what are you aiming at and what would be the numbers, you know, and so forth. That, that data would be useful. So uh, we'll make a note to, to provide more of that data. It's for, you know, again, the demographic and the and the marketing studies for what's needed. But in general, again, you know, there as a community grows, there generally is more need for for hospitals within the, the different areas. Um, in addition we were already rich in it between our my point is with with with, uh, with Kaiser, with Methodist, right. we were already that not that we can't use more, but it just seems to me that if we're going to go to a bond which suggested you know, there's a public and then go to a to becoming a nonprofit, then there's a sort of a, 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 a conceptual justification that's kinda of needed, you know. What's your niche, what where the blacks likely to be, you know, and the shortfalls and so forth, you know, to, uh, we yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll get a little bit more into the marketing uh, and, in the, and in the demographic aspects. Yes? As far as the students, the federal government has just put out that they will put 25 students in pay public tuition for accredited um, colleges such as they did in Inland Empire last year. They put through their first 25 students. They're paying $450,000, paying completely everything. And then uh, UC Davis just built a huge um, medical facility to take their first 25. So how are we, you're going to compete or compare when you've got the federal government taking 25 students in paying full tuition? Well, I think the number of, um, Dr. Chen, what's the, what's the, um, Enrollment right now for the college administration. A hundred. Oh yeah. So ninety-seven plus. I mean, again, it's not only it's not only physicians. They have they have you know the uh, they're going to be starting college of nursing, dental. So there's other components within there. But as Dr. Sung says, they have about a hundred um, students, and I think they might be looking at expanding that to to some to some extent. So the, the 25, I think they'll want to compete with it, but I, I can't really speak to uh, to that part because uh, it's, that's more about the uh, the financials of how they run the university. Okay, um, let's see. Again, we can try to talk about you know whether or not this metric about the shortage of 1,800 hospital beds. We'll try to we'll try to provide some additional data to, to show that need, but. Again, the, you know, the, the, the university is basically is privately financing that. They've looked at the business plan for this. They believe that there is an economic model that justifies this in addition to their need as a, uh, as a teaching institution. So, the, you know, I think that we just need to be able to share that. You can see that and how it makes sense from an economic standpoint. Go ahead to the next one. So the location, I, again, I touched on that a little bit. Uh, the major, the major reason I, again is because it's it's near it's uh, uh, near the medical school that that's there, and they want to be able to create a campus uh, at that at the, the that location. Um, 
and then the I five and the west side is again part of their <coughs> is part of their uh, model because the you know the, the the existing hospitals are over by ninety nine more and then there's nothing really on the I five on the I five corridor. Go ahead. So uh, just talking about the um, uh, the building itself. Um, again, the, the, like I said, that main corridor up there is, is that you see as as uh, far as the is where the uh, the elevators and then a lot of the utilities are going to, and then you've got the the patient wings over on the side. But most of the hospital itself is within the, the base. So even though it looks like a somewhat somewhat complicated building, it's actually very it's actually very straightforward for most of what what we need to do for for the building. Go ahead. The teaching hospital uh, again. So basically, the uh, the need for the teaching hospital, uh, future generations physicians. Uh, again, having being able to have their own facility rather than going to other to uh, other hospitals. Uh, the graduates to live and work in the area, and then, like I said, that there's a potential for uh, dormitory in the, in the future. Um, let's see, vital tertiary care only after offered at academic medical centers such as UC Davis, UCSF, and Stanford. I mean, I think that's the main core of what they want to do is that they want to be able to compete in the long run with those with those uh, with those uh, organizations, and then there will be a large residency training program. That will, that will be part of it. So, then a lot of the program needs for the hospital is tied into their, their teaching mission. That, that's the that's the essence of, of uh, what we're trying to uh, say in this slide. Can you uh, name an acute care facility that isn't a teaching hospital? A, lo a lot of hospitals are not teaching hospitals. I mean, every, I mean, every acute care hospital in this country is a teaching hospital. They they have residents that that are there, but as far as where you know if they're affiliated, it's a it's a different level of, of a teaching hospital that's associated with a uh, with a with a institution is is different than you've got like just a, a, a community hospital or anything like that. They will have teaching as part of their mission, but it's not it's not a uh, it's not a big component of uh, what drives them. So really yes. I've worked on a lot of. I've worked at Stanford. I've worked at UCSF. I've worked at the, and the the requirements are different as far as what they what they need for a teaching hospital versus a uh, uh, you know a standard hospital. Are you saying that Dignity doesn't have any teaching hospitals and Sutter doesn't have any teaching hospitals? They they have residents who go in as part of their their training, um, but they're not they're not affiliated. They're not teaching hospitals in the, in. The, you know, as as defined uh, for what what uh, as for what their mission and, and their requirements are. So UC Davis, yeah, UC Davis is a teaching hospital. Uh, Stanford is a teaching hospital. So the residents that go and and learn not, medicine at at Sutter or or Mercy or they, Kaiser, they are taught or Kaiser are yeah. not are are not the same. They're, they're the they same. They don't get the same kind of education as the ones that go to USC or to UCLA or to well, I think I think the big difference is that you have at the resident level, but then you, you know, when you have it when you have a, a um, um, uh, under you know like a graduate program when they're actually uh, students still in their in their hospitals, they can they can go to the hospital as far as teaching. Most hospitals only have 
like residents after they're matched in, in the future once they're actually doctors. Isn't that better? Well, talk to you. Talk to UC Davis and what they, what they do. It's not a question of better. Would you rather be treated by a medical student? They're not. They're not treated. They're, they're they're observing. They're not being. They're not allowed to treat. Sorry, I mean you. You obviously don't like it. That you don't think it, but that's okay. That's that's. I'm just trying to tell you what the reality is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, like I like I mentioned before. Okay. Thank you, sir. I wish that you would have somebody from the school answer that question. We will. We will have some. Uh, okay. So you put your put your uh, questions in a, in a list, and then we can have uh, we can have it be addressed. I came here to ask a question. So as I've mentioned, um, CNU's is becoming very successful as far as as far as uh, their their uh, acceptance uh, uh, applications, as well as their uh, test scores and their placements. And uh, as part of that, they're trying, they're trying to increase their viability as a medical school institution by having this, uh, by having this facility. Go ahead. By the way, those residency programs that they affiliated with, are those at university hospitals? I'll just keep going, please. Okay. So benefits uh, for just the for the for the hospital itself. Um, again, you know, uh, by having a hospital in that location, you can reduce the uh, response time if you're in a, in, a, in an ambulance because you have you know, basically proximity. Um, you know, stroke and heart attacks uh, minutes count for uh, for uh, good uh, outcomes for this. Uh, Four billion dollars in total economic input uh, based on. Uh, the estimates by, that, again, you have to sort of provide. Um, 24,000 direct and indirect regional jobs, 5,600 average annual economic benefit, 113 million in business tax revenues, um, additional careers for healthcare, and incentives for more healthcare professionals to live and work in the area, which has a knock-on effect of you know, uh, area restaurants, retail stores, and, and local uh, businesses. I mean, just as far as the I, our initial um, understanding for the first phase uh, would be about you know just a uh, 1,100, 1,200 just hospital nurses and doctors, besides all the support staff for for the for the first phase. So that, you know that obviously is a is a a, a large economic impact. As well as being a, a driver for creating something uh, as for a medical community within within the area. Go ahead. So then, just a, a few um, uh, voices of support from the realtors and advisor uh, uh, advisor council. Go ahead. Anyway, uh, so was there anything? Yes, go ahead. Yes. Right now, the intention is, and, we're, and this actually one of the things we're discussing with uh, the city right now, would be a transponder, uh, a left-hand uh, turn pocket that only allows fire engines or ambulances to, to get into the site off Elk Grove Boulevard onto the site. So you wouldn't be able to go uh, directly on there when you're heading towards um, uh, north, north I-5. 
So uh, usually what that means is that there's a transponder. Sometimes they put a light to sort of stop people from coming in I-5. And then there's also a, a, a gate that's planned uh, that, that would uh, raise up because otherwise you could have people sneaking across. So, okay. Turn the back. I know this question is premature. Velcro mm -hmm. Boulevard is one of the primary entrances to I-5. Only having a year of construction seems very short when there's going to be needed for that boulevard for commuter traffic. And has CNU looked at or talked with Caltrans in regards to their ex uh, extending the HOV lanes in uh, on northbound I-5 and southbound I-5, meaning your construction, overall construction, needs to understand the entire situation of that dynamic transportation of that area and ingress and regress of that area that is going to be dependent on Elk Grove residents. Because we'll, you guys have a war going on right now. It will be nothing if you guys tie up that boulevard. Right. I guarantee. Are, are you are you asking more about for during the during the construction uh, I, period? I basically am making aware of the situation and whether or not you have an idea of what can answer the question. Well, we'll find out. Yeah. Well, I think I can. What I can tell you is that that's one of the things that the traffic study will address. Um, it was a concern in a few of my other projects. You know, the San Francisco General was right built right off Charo Avenue, which is the main to end, end with neighbors. What we did there was that we had very restrictive uh, requirements as far as when, especially when a lot of trucks would be coming, like when they could come. We had to actually get a parking lot because they could only come, you know, either before five in the morning at the park or after, and then they had to wait until they were good so they wouldn't be tying up those things. You know, so those are some of the so some those are some of the things that we I've done in the past and presumably if there's concerns we could do it for this project as well. So the questions? Sure. <laughs> we I actually have met with Caltrans, um, and so and they've actually reviewed the, the documents, uh, you know, to give sort of comments. Um, they'll review it a little bit more. They have not, uh, to my knowledge, had written anything about you know like uh, additional HOV lanes. They did have some concern about the um, the off ramp uh, from uh, I five South. And whether or not they would have to have like a, a signaling there, so that's one of the things that they wanted uh, the traffic study to, to to try to address. Um, they were the ones who actually brought up they they didn't the the, uh, the transponder uh, for the for the ambulances and the signal because they didn't want to have that crossover there and they wanted to be able to make sure that uh, that you couldn't access it. So that was directly from our discussions with Caltrans. So for people here, you might want to clarify the crossover is. Now it's an opening for Carl Jr. The crossover they were going to build across the median area. Correct. It, it would be just before that 
before that entry into Carl's Jr. and then, and then, would, and then the, the left hand turning would be around in the median. So that would be between the shell station and behind not it's actually uh, past you know uh, it wouldn't be between the shell stations the after the after. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah so uh, question on the uh, windows or the glass that is a flyway we have a lot of migratory birds um, how are you going to deflect from bird strikes to the building uh, I know I've been over to Delta Shores. They had built a pond, and I noticed that they had actually, in their roofs, have black-winged red, um, red-winged blackbirds that they'd actually put perches on the building. And we went there, and I was like, all along, they have these perches for the birds. Um, so what would the hospital do with all the birds? So, well, one of the things we've looked at here, actually you can see it, the, the design is actually already uh, changed from the previous. We have um, sunshades, those are those vertical elements that, that are there uh, to provide like uh, sun control, but they also uh, keep the sort of the glass aspect of it uh, from being able to be seen by, by birds. Because no, normally you have a problem with birds when you have like just a, a clear glass mirrored uh, uh, you know, facade, um, but that's why we have that a to address the, the solar control, but then so it's not just glass. It's going to be um, uh, steel uh, perforated metal in front of the glass, so that you know, so that birds will be able to sort of see it. In fact, I have to make sure that that birds don't like it too much, because then they'll perch on there and start nesting. I have to like uh, provide additional bird control. But as far as bird strikes, that that that's how we're addressing it. What do you mean by additional um, bird control? Um, if they start boosting like they are at Delta Shores? Well, so there's a couple of ways you can do that. But at a um, uh, few other hospitals have done, you put uh, like thin wire across, uh, you know, where the perch, perch areas are because the birds don't like to, you know, uh, if they can't perch, they get uncomfortable. Um, so that, that's one way of doing it. You can also, there's also, you know, there's some, uh, noise, like uh, sort of hawk sounds that you can put in. There's a, a few things you have to see what the population of birds you have, but the easiest thing to do is just to provide, I don't, you know, you could put spikes, you've seen those, but those, those don't look really, those, those, those don't look very nice and they get dirty. So we prefer like the thin stainless steel wire. You had a question? Or, uh, oh yeah, sorry. Uh, Thank you. Uh, I'm Jan Smutney Jones, yeah. and uh, I apologize. Uh, uh, you've heard a lot of this before, so I'm going to be patient. I'm a neighbor of, of this project, and thank you for having me out to East. Uh, the East Bafari is here. Uh, but uh, this project obviously is causing some problems, and there will be a question at the end if there's other problems. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is already a built outside. It's a local businesses which we use. The local community has had no problem with the pharmacy school well, and no problem with the medical school being there. Uh, but this was a huge surprise to us and it was surprised throughout, uh, throughout the year, uh, both the Tefra hearing, the AB 900, which severely truncates the, uh, the EIR process. All these things take care of our problem. So the transparency of this project has been a problem for us. And just a couple of points that I want to make. First of all, it is not the first hospital. The first hospital that got uh, approved by the state, by the city, was in fact Dignity, which is going to be at Reeseville and Oak Boulevard. 
a much more centrally located location for a hospital of any kind. This location is on the, you cannot go any farther west in Elk Grove than this, than this particular building. There is nothing further to the west than Ducks and the Delta. You have to go south to Highway 12 to run into any population center west Lodi. And if you go north, it's about seven miles, you basically hit the pocket area, which is already served by Kaiser. So just from a common sense perspective, this does not seem to be a really good location for a hospital. I think someone else was indicating we already, I think, are well served by trauma centers, and that's what got our interest very early on. Trauma centers bring in a whole lot of other drama with them, uh, and so this is a big problem. Our understanding is that when this is finally done, there's over 10,000 people a day accessing this property, and four to 5,000 vehicles on Elk Road Boulevard at Maritime. So this is causing huge problems in terms of our nice quiet neighborhood that we bought because we thought it was going to be a quiet area and our local businesses, many of the minority owners, are going to be bounced out of there. Uh, so it is, it is a concern. We don't want any more surprises. So my question basically is, when is your traffic study, because this is going to be key, because this is going to be all through my neighborhood, and when is the EIR done? Because we're kind of done with surprises. Obviously, we're going to have a difference of opinion about this, but you know, I just don't want to be raising issues that that are being dealt with. But, but up until now, we don't know, and this is a big problem. So uh, I'll try to address a few of those uh, uh, comments. Um, I think that you know, yes, it could have been rolled out, and I, I can't I can't really uh, speak to that. I think the part of the fact is just that you know they are uh, trying to get done. Uh, some things done as quickly as they as they can because of the need, and you know whether or not they follow the right the right pathway as far as in, in, informing neighbors and all of that. So we're trying to make up for that now. That's all. That's all we can say. To, to what, what's done in the past. The the uh, the trauma center uh, again. I've heard some uh, comments about that. Uh, first off, you know it's not Census um, uh, General is a level one trauma center. That's where your, all your big trauma uh, would go to. This is this is designed to be a level. First off, it's designed to be a level two trauma center, which is more of what you've got as a, as a standard uh, for a, a hospital, unless you're just like a small, a small, you know, uh, rural hospital with just a, a minimal uh, emergency center. And that doesn't get designated until they've operated for a few years and they've been determined that they can meet the requirements of a level two. Uh, trauma center, and also if there's a need for uh, traffic, because part of the state determines whether or not they they want a trauma center there. So that, that's that's just a clarification uh, uh, for that. Um, so as far as the Methodist, uh, I'm saying it's a, it's probably it's. I'm not sure what level what level uh, emergency department uh, they, they don't have. They have level two. Kaiser across the street has a level. Okay, so they, I mean it's not it's there if they have a level two there. There's no need for that the adjacent hospital to have also a level two. Part of the, the designations are set by the by the state to be able to make sure that you've got you've got um, uh, adequate coverage uh, uh, for it. That's why level ones are usually county hospitals because there's additional requirements. And uh, and and they are the ones who have to sort of burden have that additional burden for the cost. And then the last piece there, as far as I know, we're still like working with the city. But in my understanding is within the next couple of months, draft EIR is supposed to be done, and then that process sort of goes through. 
Uh, we're trying to get it done as quickly as possible. We want to get the ERR done, and then and then that whole process of review will take, will take place. Yes, sir, out of this end of the city, but opposite end of yours. Yeah. Uh, and we understand that there's conflict going on over there, but that's something you read about in the, uh, in the citizens. Right? right. We're not part of that. Could you take a few minutes and Careful, sort of, that's gonna fall in. Yeah, and sort of explain to us uh, why you feel so far over there. And it looks to us from our end, you see all kinds of space out there, you know. Where you put things like that, like the ghost ball. Well, I mean, I just do it. Maybe you could tell us why, why you're so adamant and slow over there. Um, so again, I'll just preface this as that you know, I'm a, I'm the designer, you know, so. You know, I'm, I I try to design it. I get the hospital and this. I may not know all all the the reasons, but um, that said, two main things I think that's why you be in that location is again the proximity to the to the uh, uh, the current medical school. You know, that that's the big that's the biggest one, um, and the desire to expand that to be create a, a campus, a medical campus uh, that's with the hospital as part of it. And then the other is really. Uh, you know that the they the the facility has done their you know they're putting up their you know a lot of money so they they've run the numbers and they think that there's an economic justification for having uh, a hospital on that side you know it's not again it's not a public uh, bond where you have to sort of go through in terms of like uh, the the community is put in they're they're making a risk. And putting this on there because they think there's an economic reason for it. Whether or not that's true or not, time will tell. But that, that's that's their that's their thinking. So, yes, ma'am. So I like to uh, speak off of what Bill just said and a little bit about Jan. What said? Bill asked, "Why put it there?" And I, I get that you already have some existing building there that you'd like to be next to. But you went into a master-planned housing community where those people, and I don't even live there. I live over here in District 2. And what irritates me is that those folks bought into a master-planned community where they bought their homes knowing exactly what was going to be on every corner. And they knew they were going to have a small neighborhood shopping area to support their needs. Now, under whatever circumstance... The hospital comes in and decides, well, we're going to swap up that land, and, you know, they have the right to do that. But now you are disrupting this established neighborhood. So, but to Bill's question, why there? Why don't, why wouldn't you have considered, instead of disrupting a planned community, which has been there for, what, 20 years or more? 18 years or more? To go out to like the SEPA land, where there isn't a damn thing out there yet, and you could have been the hub of the SEPA. You could have built your hospital as big as you wanted, and when the houses came in, they would have known what was around them. They could have bought a house near a hospital if that didn't offend them, or they could have bought in some other location. So I, I really don't really think that you want to be next to your next to your teaching hospital or your or your whatever your your other school. I really don't think that was a good enough reason to disrupt a neighborhood that was master planned and disrupt these people's lives with five thousand or twenty five thousand, whatever the traffic study number it's gonna be, you are permanently diminishing their neighborhood. And you know, I don't live over there. 
But here's my second question, or my second thought is, if it can happen to Stone Lakes where they bought in a master plan community, you folks out here in the rural land, you think that with this, this connector going through, that all of a sudden you're going to get a 15-story apartment complex because this council and every council since we've become a city does the general plan update and changes all the zoning. So these folks thought they bought in a master plan community and thought they'd be set. And, you know, the rest of us should be concerned that with a little money, you know, from the, from the builders, the real community could end up with apartment complex all along the JPA or 15 Arco gas stations. Because you think you're rural now, those people thought they had a master plan community and it fell through the cracks. And that might happen out here to the rural community if we don't keep Pat's feet to the fire. What, what, makes, what makes anything safe anymore? You buy a house in a master plan community and now you want to put a 14-story hospital? It doesn't seem right. And you should understand that. You people all should understand that. You are disrupting those people's lives. Not necessarily mine. I don't live over there. But I feel for them, and I am concerned that because of the influence of builders and whatever other influences there are, you can put an apartment complex behind my house or your house or your house, and we can't do anything about it, even though we were told it was going to be a golf course or, you know, similar size houses. So I don't know if you can address that. Why don't you go to SEPA? Why didn't you go to SEPA? I know you got the land now. I get that. But you could have avoided all these meetings and a lot of lawsuits and a lot of disgruntled Elk Grove citizens had you planned this out and put it in what is a very open spot in Elk Grove. And you could have been the first one out there. And you could have built whatever you wanted to build. Well, all I can really address is that we have, um, as part of the planning and also as part of our master planning, We've tried to try to minimize the impact as much as possible. We've located the building as far <coughs> away, you know, from the uh, from uh, West Terran Drive, right next to right next to uh, uh, I five. Uh, uh, but you're yeah, still so destroying me, the neighborhood. That, that that's so. Part of that is with, with has to be addressed with the with the ER and planning. If the if the through the process it says that it is an unacceptable level, then that that's that's how the uh, the planning uh, planning process works. I'm just trying to. Address I, I get a few it, and, I, and I'm not mad at you. No, I, I am just. But, but I'm trying to tell you a few, a few things that you know. Again, as part of what we're doing, we've done we've done um, uh, studies and renderings of what the view of the of the right. hospital would be like from different locations, from you know second story windows and from different lights to be able to see what the impact is. We've done shadow studies of that. We've done a noise report with the with the helicopter to try to sort of, uh, to sort of see what the impact is. We're trying to provide just as much information to sort of say that here, right now it's an unknown. People are thinking that that it's going to be this giant thing, it's going to have this, this. We're trying to say, here's what the impact was. Maybe it will still be unacceptable, right. but we want to give you at least but a reality. But it was a known. It was a known entity at one time. When he bought his house, he knew, he knew, he guaranteed that there was a neighborhood shopping center there. He was guaranteed that, and everybody over there was guaranteed. Okay. Master it's plan. In the weeds on semantics. Okay. But originally, when Elbro was incorporated, that parcel was uh, designated under the county as travel commercial, not neighborhood commercial. We we changed that. As okay. City, and so it could have been uh, all sorts of. But when he bought, it was a neighborhood community. I mean, it was. 
No, under the original um, Laguna West Frank, it was designated as travel. Yeah, because it was a AAA call center. Yeah. So I, I'm just saying it's sort of, it, it's just sort of makes you think. I know, I, and I'm not either. I'm just saying, doesn't it make you think, though, that anybody out here, especially where there's lots of land in the rural area, makes you think if they can build up, uh, tear down a neighborhood center and build a hospital, what do you think they're going to do with all this open land out here, which is out here where kind of I live? I don't want 15-story uh, Holiday Inns up and down the corridor. But, you know, they'll change the zoning and that'll happen. And I don't think it's right. Yes. With your construction, is your write up against a levy? And the city is putting 520000 into checking what the, you know, the situation is with the levy and the conditions or anything needs to be done. How does this affect your architect plans? No. Because you're going to be right sure. adjacent yeah. to a levy um, in which this is a non-profit, you know, touch something that's next to something, well, you know, right? well, the short answer is we're not, we're not uh, touching, we're, we're far enough away from the levy, and, and, and we're not affecting it yet, you didn't, you didn't answer the so secret question. That, that, we're going to have to ask for that again. Um, vibration in the ground, because it's already identified it needs to be raised three and a half feet, and it needs to, at the base needs to be white. I mean, we'll have to work with the city to sort of what what their you know what their assessments are, and then and then take the, the necessary uh, requirement. But you know, again, I think that's one of the things we looked at. I think there was a question or something about whether or not there would be uh, piles driven, you know. And I think we've already said no, we're not going to do piles because of partly the, that impact on the, you know, on the, on the area plus the noise. We're going with a map foundation, which is like much more, which is which is much more controllable as far as as far as that that, that goes. So, um, yes. As a small business owner. How much are you paying all the small businesses that you're going to be knocking down and either relocate them or making sure that they are going to have some sort of sustenance after you knock them down, put them out of business? Uh, well, I don't know because I'm not involved with that. I my I can just tell you what uh, my impressions is that they have been generously compensated for the ones that, that have been. I, I'm not sure what's allowed to be public or not. You can ask. Them. You can cool. Is there someone in the room can answer? Yeah, is there someone in the room that has the answer to that I'm question? I'm not sure it's even 100% done yet, but I think that's one of the things that we, if, as you, as a, if it's a concern, like I can have them sort of pull together Who's something. The, the 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 hospital uh, in terms of the, the lawyers were addressing those uh, those uh, issues. And who the, are they? The council for for the for CNU is who's uh, negotiating that with with them based on the, on their contracts. But I, but what? But I think they have asked for, and in a lot of cases, my understanding, and again, this is just my, I don't have it, is that that, that their settlements were. Very generous. That's all. That's all I. That's all I know. You have. We'll, we'll have to follow up with you about about that. Who's going to follow up with you? We'll, we'll take your name and then we'll we'll send uh, you know, information about that, whatever's allowed to be to be uh, to be provided. And will this be published so that not only me but that the entire city of El Grove knows it? I think it's important. So I think uh, you know something. 
Uh, what's your name so we can... My name it. is Samuel Falk, F-A-L-K. F-A-L-K, okay. So you can get his information. So we can. And then, but then as, you, as your other point is, is that this is obviously a concern, so we want to try to address it in, in, in some other uh, format. There, there are still going concerns. Uh, the Miyabi, which is the sushi bar there, the Dreaming Dog Brewery, which has been fantastic for this community. Come out over the west side, get some Japanese food, have a beer. Hopefully they'll still be there in five years. So what he's saying is partially true. There have been some... Uh, some I want to know about the partially untrue. Well, that... that, that uh, the, you know, the <laughs> so do the rest of us. You, but, you know, this is not done yet. I guess it's the, the most neutral way of saying it. Yes. Uh, your architectural plan, uh, now usually when you take trees away, you bring trees back. There's a lot of trees that are on site. There's also, on the levee, there is a trail system that's called the Stone Lakes Trail System. And then we have the other trail system bikeways. Now, is there a plan to interconnect these and enhance these? Yes. Uh, one of the requirements we've had is to work with the city to integrate the, the site with the uh, with the trails master plan. Um, we're not touching the levee itself. Um, there are reasons why the, 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 the plan uh, that was on the master plan wouldn't uh, be buildable, mostly because it, would, it required crossing the Caltrans uh, area. So the city asked us to provide the uh, class one multi-purpose trail along uh, uh, West Tarrant. So we've, we've planned that and we're, and we're going to build that all the way to the intersection of, uh, of Elk Grove and West Tarrant. So there will be a trail that will, that will be built as, that's part of the, mass, the trail map. So we still have the trees? Yes, we haven't, the touched trees? The trees on, we haven't touched any of the trees uh, <coughs> uh, along the, uh, the levee, and we've tried to keep as many of the trees as possible. And then and again, I'll point out that we're also, um, you know, demolishing a lot of the asphalt that's there to create this uh, uh, landscape quad area with, with additional trees. So there should be a net gain of landscape area for the whole project. Yeah, now that we're out here in District 2, I, I keep thinking about it. I think Kathy raised the right. And when I'm, if I'm hearing this correctly, I may not be. It sounds to me like like this has yet to go to the City Council, the Planning Commission, and so forth. Those things, okay. And so we probably shouldn't get too wound up before they attempt to do it. But I, there is a point that I, Kathy sort of brought up that I like from us out here. We depend on having really good city planners. And so far out here, we've had really good relationships with the city. Things come up, you know, we've been able to work with planners at you know, different levels, you know, with the city council, the planning commission, and so on. You know, so, and so there's a dialogue that goes on. There's a relationship between the city and the people, you know, and the answer. Now, we don't always agree on everything. We have a little spat about noise from one of our institutions here. But those are the, those are the things. But, but, but at least there were rational you know, issues up for discussion, you know. And they got discussion. You discussed, we didn't agree, we got, an, got, well, we got an opinion, and everybody got a chance to talk about it, okay? I, I think it's important for all of us, our, we're protected, that those kinds of processes be, be guaranteed in the city. Now, we're, we're under very rapid growth. You know, these things are going to be coming up all the time. And I think it's really important the city as a city really keep good planning procedures 
and keep conversations open so as it goes through these because a lot depends on that. And in, in a sense, of what I'm hearing is we don't have a dog in your fight down there, but we do have a dog in the fight of having the kinds of planning procedures and the kinds of relationships with the city that allow us all to, to settle these issues you know, and, and, and make you know good, solid decisions in the long-term interest of everybody. And just to give you a little perspective, you know, I know that the, you know, uh, having worked in different uh, urban and, you know, different cities, um, the Elk Grove has just done a, a, a general, a new general plan. And, and I think it's actually, lots of changes. You know, uh, it's lots actually of, a pretty good template. Of course, like you said, you have to, you know, work and keep working on it. You can't just, like, trust everybody to do this. But as far as what this, the city is, as this, just from a somewhat outsider says, they're they're looking at the right things to be able to like set up a a, a planning process to manage growth. So uh, that's all. That's my two cents. So uh, hit the hit the answer. Uh, I have a question. Maybe if Mr. Holloway could answer okay. it. Can you give him the microphone? Yeah, sure. I don't the question I have, and, and I want to qualify this by saying these are not my views. <clears throat> you know, in no way do they represent the views that I hold. Mm -hmm. So everybody hears that. <clears throat> but I talk to a lot of people throughout the community and uh, across the political spectrum, from conservative to liberal, <clears throat> thoughtful people have suggested repeatedly, <clears throat> and I've tried to knock it down, but they've repeatedly come up with two theories about the hospital and specifically the financing. There's there's this concern or thought that the hospital is going to be financed by uh, the Chinese government. And second, and, well, I'm just telling you what I hear. This, I heard is, it too. this is across the political yep. spectrum too. It's not conservatives or liberal. That's going to be a birthing hospital. Do you care to address those concerns? A, a birthing hospital for uh, for, for uh, people overseas. A birthing hospital. Um, well, oh, I can birthing. answer that part. Well, let, let Mr. Holloway. Well, but just from the birthing side, because he doesn't, you know, he can answer the first part. Mm -hmm. But uh, we have uh, twelve beds for for labor delivery, mm -hmm. and another um, uh, twenty beds for uh, OBGYN, mm -hmm. and, and that's it. I mean, so, that's sort of a minimum requirement if you're going to be doing this. So to, so to, to leave those spheres within the community, this is not going to be a, you, you, a yeah. birthing center for... Um, yeah, a birthing, it's not designed as a birthing center, and it's not easy. To, you cannot just, like, you know... Take a birthing a center for foreign nationals, specifically. Yeah, is no. that correct? Yeah. That's, that's, uh, okay. Answer to question number two is no. Right. Okay. okay. Answer to question number one is the investors in this project are all medical professionals and they all live in Northern California. Okay, beyond the initial investment, but you're seeking up to $900 million. Is that $900 million going to come from these this group of Northern California medical professionals? And this is, and I'm just saying what I'm hearing out in the community, that the, the bulk of the money invested will be from so, the I mean, provincial Chinese correct, government correct, correct specifically. Me if I'm wrong. But again, it's my understanding is that they're private, they're uh, private bonds, and what you do is you you uh, you uh, put it on the market. As, I understand. As, yeah. I understand. So, so whoever buys I understand the, how that process no, works. whoever buys the bonds, but it's not it's not going to be aimed specifically to provincial government in China. No. Okay. 
And I, I can tell you, I've been familiar with tax-exempt bonds. I've had projects that were financed by them, and typically they are financed by senior citizens. They are financed by individual investors, labor unions, and some kind, some certain kinds of businesses that actually like those tax-exempt bonds. But I have yet to see one that wasn't marketed in the United States. Okay, thank you. I mean, again, I'm going to say this earlier, but the, if, the, if it's a tax-exempt bond, then obviously you want to have something that's domestic because then otherwise you don't get the benefit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes, sir. Speaking of the general plan, and I'm in agreement with you, it's a pretty good general plan, except that your project wants to change that general plan in a pretty big way. That's and it. And there is a current uh, original plan in the current municipal code. This is based on post- uh, Hurricane Katrina, uh, there's a prohibition about building new houses or any kind of structure in a 100-year floodplain, uh, in, in a 200-year floodplain, which is where this facility is, unfortunately, my neighborhood is. So it basically says that the current rule, which is very prudent and something that's logical, is you do not build a critical care facility in an area that's going to be inundated with five feet of water. And the reality is that that area will be inundated in the event of a 200 year flood. That would primarily be a uh, breach of the east levee uh, above us. It could be caused by seismic, it could be caused by any number of things, but it, it's obviously changing that rule. Well, why in the world should we change that just for this hospital? What about the rest of us? We'll be swimming up here, I guess. Well, all I can tell you is, you know, I think that. Um, the when they redid the, the the flood the flood maps, you know the neighborhoods are in there, so that there should be some attempt to try to address that with levies. But that's a but that's a that's a more municipal issue. From our perspective, what we've we've done to address that is to raise up the building, uh, you know, uh, seven feet above the uh, above the uh, the existing grade, so that none of the critical uh, facilities are within that flood zone and can remain operational during during that time. We only have basement and storage on the lower basement level where we would normally have, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, utilities and other other things. So you're a perfect person to answer this question. I've asked it a number of times in the application process where it goes unresponsive. What types of vehicles does, uh, does our fire department or police department or ambulance services have to operate in five feet of water? Because we basically have a hospital with 14, 1,500 people in it. Okay, that, I guess it's self-sufficient, whatever that is. But for how long? And how do you get people who, 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 who may need a critical care facility to the hospital, or if they need to get out, how do you get them out? That's one of, that, that's one of the uh, aspects that you have to sort of address. I think one of the things I don't have to address. No, within 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 the we we're designing it so that it can it can remain functional. Um, uh, you know, in the, but, in the event, but can event you get to it? It, the, it remains functional, but can we get to it? The the other the, you know the, the two hundred year flood um, would a require the breaking of like three different levees. But I'm not I'm not discount. But my hope is that at some point the city will un also uh, understand that the flood you know a twenty year flood will affect the entire area, not just the not just this area. All of that area will exist, and so that there should be some uh, measures to be able to address that, to raise the levy or to do other things. There's also a uh, possibility for some 
um, additional, uh, um, what do you call it, um, uh, 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 the, the federal government is also looking at doing some additional things to uh, address the, some of the, uh, the flood areas, which could impact that in the, in a, in a future area. But th these are unknowns at, at this point. Sir, you guys want to know? Well, first of all, Trump's not giving California any money. Uh, <laughs> okay, Second of all, it wasn't but about two, three months ago, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I think you were there. I don't want to put that on the spot. But there was a discussion about the levy, and there was a discussion about the fact that we don't have the money for the levy. So the point of houses in that area is not critical. A hospital is critical. And I, I applaud you for building a hospital 7, 8, 10, 15 feet in the air. That's great. But the point is, is we're playing a ping pong game here with, with the same question. I just told you about a conversation at the Justice Council meeting over, over monies that we didn't have for this levy. So our, his question really is, you're wanting to build that hospital, how much money are you willing to pony up with for that levy? Because we're not building. So my statute Lord knows our So my statute. Requires a property to be certain things that are found to be occurring for property. Fixed limit, having done this for 40 years. Fixed limit is when they get to the EIR, we actually see. There are going to be some, if you know this, there are going to be some items that not be admittable. You can't take care of it. There will be some. And the question will be with the council, can they actually certify something that they can't fix? That's going to be a real burden. The other option is that actually actions have taken by council for something that's voted through. And the people went out and got an initiative no return that the project died. So there's always the risk for them. They know they can certify this. The populace can come together and say, uh -uh. go get go get initiative, get on the ballot, and you can vote this thing out at a later date. They have to do that, they have to take an action to approve it. If this community says, uh uh, Baba, you go get an initiative So you're going to hear several things that well, come we know. for 40 years. You're going to hear several things that will come up that they can't make. Put it in the at the time of the EIR, there will be things that just can't make. Yeah, we're really can't make. Yeah, but you know, there's going to be things that yeah. are not well. They have to decide that. Council and the planning commission to the council. Go for it. The last call, the citizens, they don't want to say that. They think it's fine. They can get an issue. They put on a ballot. And it's happened. I've been here. Sorry. Can we address. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, these are my questions. I wrote this down earlier. First of all, I think there's five whys. And I really. You know, I, I don't want to ask you the question because I feel like if I had brain cancer, I wouldn't go to my barber, you know, because frankly, you know, this is window dressing when you look at, you know, the architecture. First of all, you have no money. You know, you're talking about uh, these um, uh, bonds, you know, these tax-exempt bonds. You haven't 
Well, there's no demonstration that you have to, that, that you have. Secondly, you don't have permission. Dignity is saying that it's going to take them six, seven years to be able to build based on the process that they're going to go through with Oshpot, the Office of Statewide Health uh, and Planning and Development. And by the way, I think that that's really where this is going to stop. I don't think it's going to be stopped by the EIR because I have seen this council rubber stamp damn near everything that, that, that it really wants to have, ideologically. Thirdly, the community does not need 400 acute care hospital beds. It does not. If it did, Mercy would come forward with a plan for 250 or 300 beds. And in fact, I recall in the past that they did talk about having 250 or more beds. But they're, they're, they're mitigating that. And you know why that is? It's because building needs or building trends in healthcare and health systems are towards ambulatory surgery centers and affordable care organizations, not acute care beds. Get away from that because it's too expensive. Fourth, I think if you really want to relocate and expand your drug manufacturing operations in Rancho Cordova, is that true? We need an answer to that. If you do, guess what? You've got a problem over there in Stone Lake because you've got high water, and if there's and if there's any leaks or any kind of problems with that, believe me, that will that will be Northern California's toilet. And finally, you have no plan for charity care. You tell us that each individual household is going to get five thousand three hundred dollars. Who's cutting that check for me every year? And you have no plan for charity care. Last year, Dignity gave over a billion dollars in charity care. Uh, and for-profit companies like CNU, you're exempt from doing charity care. Because you, guess what you're going to do? You're going to say, oh, you're Medi-Cal, you're Medicare, you're uh, covered California. Take a hike. I can get cash-paying customers here. Or I can get private people. Prove me wrong on these five concerns. Prove me wrong. Please, prove me wrong, because believe me, I'm no friend to the health systems, and I'm no, I'm no friend to, 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 uh, to, to Dignity, but at least Dignity, I've, I've seen their performance in, in the community over the years. I sat on the, uh, the uh, county uh, uh, health, uh, uh, community health planning organization for four years, and, and their charity care person was always there. Even when, even when the county had to shut six of its seven clinics. Okay, what are you going to do for, for the medical needs of this community, for people who are homeless? We're surrounded by homeless people. There's people are, we, uh, a good half of the population has not recovered from the 2008 um, uh, 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 crash in the, in, the, in the economy. And so I don't know where you're going to find $900 million. I'm sure you can probably find people who are willing to invest $900 million. There's plenty of capital flow around. Believe me, the, the, the uh, marginal markets are, are flush with cash. But, but to, is this what our community needs, really? And is it what's going to be built? I follow Becker's hospital uh, assessments every day. I get their stuff all the time. It's, it's a brush of just collapsing economies of healthcare economies. Uh, you know, are, is this count? Is this uh, uh, organization really aware of what it's going to do when it when it puts its foot in a in swamp land and builds a? Uh, by the way, 
I'm sorry, but it looks like a monstrosity. I have to go back to the barber. Thank but, you. Yeah. It's just, but, yeah. I mean, oh, by the way, uh, oh, there's another problem with your with your design. You're you're, you're a solar attractant. The the um, eyes that are in the old Kaiser Morse overheated all the time. They were really nice places, you know, to visit, but then they ended up being a closet space for for equipment. I've, I've done this a few times, so okay. Um, did you get all his uh, comments? Okay, so what we'll, 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 is there's the uh, um, so I, uh, so I have a question for you. Uh, oh, okay. I, I let me go like around one more. Well, so what, what time are we going to? So maybe a few more questions, like one, two, three, and then we'll question. I know. Uh, so can can you share with us CNU's history of building hospitals and how successful they've been? How many hospitals they've built? Where are they? Is there some uh, CNU hospital somewhere we can no. look up on the internet and look how it looks and how it performs? This is their first hospital. They they started a a, a, med, a medical school. They're building it from the beginning, you know, just like a lot of uh, a lot of uh, companies. They start from the beginning and they're thinking big, and they they want to be able to grow this. Uh, that, that's my understanding. They're bringing people who have experience in, 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 with this in building hospitals, but as an organization, they don't. This is their first hospital. And in your slides, you had said that this was going to be El Crow's first. Now, it seems that like that may or may not dignity might beat you to it. But in any regards. Does Elk Grove really, can Elk Grove support two hospitals? We used to say we didn't have any, which I thought was kind of well, not phony like, because okay. Kaiser and Methodist were so close. So, but so if early, we get two, right. what's that? So, is one so of them going to die? Or earlier, <laughs> again, you know, one of the questions is we've tried to put in more of the, the background about the business model for that. So we'll try to put that together okay. and then we'll put that out. Right. And, you know, I just think, one thing that I want to stick together. Deal with the that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I found out along the way that Sacramento is actually either the center or one of the key centers of, of this uh, zero energy mm -hmm. building in the United States. Uh, what, what, what are you doing on the, on the energy consumption? Uh, I mean, we have a, a, a greenhouse gas initiative. We're going to be a lead goal. Uh, building, and then uh, and then um, I forget exactly if we're going to be net zero. I mean, we're looking at, at it, but at the at what I can tell you is we're definitely going to be a lead goal. Building. Yeah, we're going to be a lead goal, not just not just a lead building, but a lead goal building. Okay. Um, I have another question for Mr. Holloway. Um, I understand the tax status of the <clears throat> hospital changed after prior, prior to the TEPRA meeting to a uh, nonprofit. Does the um, is the school a separate en entity, and is it still a for-profit school? I believe, yes. Dr. Chung, do you correct? know? Yeah, actually, it's correct. Yes. The, so the, the school remains the school, a for-profit? The school remains a for-profit. Is there, I, I, I'm just curious, are there any legalities on that, or is it perfectly fine to have the for-profit school operating? Is, are they two separate entities, I guess, is what I'm going to get at. I believe they are now two separate entities, one being a non-profit entity, the med school still remaining to be the profit. Okay, and, and is it a future plan? I believe to there's two, and, and the university's legal team um, has approved that. 
Okay. And is the in the future is the um, medical school and the the university, you know, the uh, various programs is that going to remain a for profit entity? I suspect. Okay. Thank you. Um, maybe last question. Or somebody else has something because we have like all the same people. Go ahead. Uh, so two things, one on the TEFRA and then also one on the leads thing, because this is the other reason that we might get excited out there, because everything's a surprise. So with respect to the TEFRA issue, I think what was described by Brian is largely true. The nonprofit that is now, I believe, responsible for the hospital, based on what I've been able to read, was a nonprofit that pre-existed. Uh, I think gave uh, basically scholarships and grants the students at the pharmacy school, all well and good. Based on what we've been able to find in public records, at one point it had up to 45,000 as a cash. The last couple years was zero. Fine. Uh, it got amended uh, three days later uh, into some uh, to a new entity, which now included building hospitals. Uh, and you know, whatever the period was, 21 days later, we had a temporary hearing. And that nonprofit now is out in the market for nine hundred million dollars worth of, you know, tax uh, refunds. So that, that that's what I think happened there. Problem I have with that is that was just kind of a surprise because already we're having this issue: is it private, which it is, the school is, the hospital's nonprofit. This may not be unique, but all this stuff was well in the works. Last but not least, and this is the last word on this. Surprise number two is we all find out that in December that there has been, they've gone through what's called an AB 900 uh, proceeding, which basically uh, basically uh, completely expedites the EIR process. This was used, well, excuse me, let me finish. It, let me finish. You know, and the city knows, and, you know, shame on the city staff. I, I, I support the city staff. I think they, they're trying to work their way through this. Everybody knows who we are. We've been trying to participate. There was zero notice that that was going into the governor's office. I recognize the fact that there, once the it goes to the governor, you have, I think, 10 days to comment, but this is the old Catch-22, the, 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 the book, they did the C major major when major major isn't it. How in the world any citizen is supposed to know uh, that, in fact, the governor's going to sign off on, uh, you know, basically giving you the special status if you don't know it's there? So, as I read the legislation, AB 900 does nothing, nothing to expedite the, the CEQA EIR processing. Nothing. What it does do is if someone sues the project over CEQA, it, it accelerates that lawsuit to the court. That's all it does. So, I'm, that's why I'm interested in your concern about AB 900. Well, what are I mean, you planning to sue? We'll see what comes out of the ER. Now, won't we, Brian? Now, here's the problem. But let me make whoa, it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me here, make it it's not fair to say that it expedites the EIR process because it doesn't. Well, it Brian, only expedites Brian, the litigation. Brian, you have my number. Why weren't we told? Why didn't the city tell us, Dr. Chung? Why didn't you tell us? My point is, you know full well that we would have done it. Okay, that's A. B. There's big things left out of, I've read the document, okay, big things left off location. For example, you don't point out the fact that you're on the international flyway 
next to a bunch of bird preserves. That's a minor thing, but it's a big thing for a lot of folks. The IRS uh, looking at that. Well, excuse me, what you said to the governor did not. And what you're expecting, and if there were people able to counter some of the assertions in the document, we're supposed to believe you are replacing a brewery, a sushi bar, a nail, a nail salon, a barbershop, a couple of other businesses, and you're going to build a 13-story building with 5,000 cars, 10,000 people, and that has less of GHG impact than what's there now. That is laughable. Okay. Just downright laughable. If given the opportunity at that point in time to raise those issues with the state, I know the people at Carb, I would have raised those issues. There's no way to do that. And so all I know is this begins to sound like the, that, like the, uh, that the ER is in, the fix is in, and this is going to be jammed through. And the, and the issues that you folks have out here, if they do this to us, they'll do it to you. Okay, This is what's going on here. This is being jammed through. And so it's not acceptable. One more surprise, and I, and I guess that's the problem we have. What's the next one? So that's kind of where we're at now. I thank you for your patience. One last question, and then uh, yeah, mine is not a, um, a really a question, but more of a statement. Um, I'm on the Tempra. All they did was, as a property owner, is go to the city, ask for the Tempra review, and get the council members okay on that. They did that. They went to the California Public Finance Authority. They have not had a meeting on approving any money or anything like that. Um, several of the community people on the other side have asked once that comes forward. So there's a comment period for the funding and to be notified. So we're on that notification list. And when in speaking with the directors over there, they do look at population support, population within 30 minutes of commuting distance. They do look at the ability to uh, source medical professionals and students. Uh, and they also look at competition of analysis. They do that for the hospital, medical schools within 30 minute commutes. They also look at affordability and as well as credibility and brand of the hospital and i got that from the director and so there's been no decision uh, or anything for that and you can also if you want you can contact them and well and be notified when they have their hearing and they want public comments on the finance okay um, well i hope you've had all your opportunity to ask questions and make comments about how what you think about the project i think uh, uh dr wong Gordon Long, who's also with CNU, wants to be able to say a few closing words. Yeah, thank you very much for sharing all your thoughts and your concerns. My name is Dr. Gordon Long. I'm a pulmonary and critical care physician. I practiced for over 40 years at Mercy General Health. Quickly practiced in all the hospitals, but I was based primarily at Mercy General. So we, saw, we know that what it takes to run a hospital. We know how important it is to have access to the hospital. And when you look at where this hospital is going to be built, it's on the west side, I understand all that. The location allows coverage of outgrowth in that area. It's not covered. We have played the hospital by Highway 99. Time is very important to take care of critically ill patients. You have a heart attack or you have a stroke. These are very important to get the patient to care immediately. So I understand all your concerns. I know all the people that live in 
the Stone Lake area is concerned that they didn't buy into this. I understand that too. Things change in life, okay, and maybe it's not the ideal place. But we think that from a medical standpoint, you get very good coverage for the city of Elk Grove. When you look at Elk Grove, you're not just looking at people that live in Stone Lake. You look at Elk Grove as a city, entire city. You look at what's best for the growth of Elk Grove. Elk Grove is growing. We never thought we had one or two hospitals there. It's really changing. I think we have to look down the road, what we're getting into as the population increases. So, you know, I understand all the concerns that you have, okay? And one of the things that I, the reason why I want to speak is that this fellow here talked about charity of care. Let me tell you what I do. I'm the chairman of the board of River City Medical Group. It's an IPA that takes care of only the underserved, Medi-Cal population. We have over 250,000 lives we take care of. It's hard. Private physicians do not want to see Medi-Cal patients because they don't get reimbursed. They can't cover their overhead. We're managing a very difficult population, and we bring this service to the industry. It's hard to make things work out. There isn't enough money from Medi-Cal or, or even health plan to compensate for doctors, so they don't want to see us. We're managing over 500 independent physicians to take care of this population. We have a hard time, a very hard time getting them to want to see our patients. We're looking for doctors that are willing to see these underserved patients. It's not easy. So when you look at outgrowth growing, you look at all the issues that have been present in outgrowth. I think we ought to look at what's best for the city, not just for what you bought into at Stone Lake. We can't change progress. We have automobiles that don't need drivers. We have everybody's carrying a cell phone. So anyway, I just want to share with you that there's a medical aspect besides all the issues that you talked about. So just to finish up, I think that uh, this is part of a series of, uh, of uh, presentations that will be done in different districts. Uh, so we'll try to, uh, you know, address some of the concerns that we have to try to uh, bring some of the things. I'm sure I'll see some of you at those other uh, locations as well. Uh, but, um, you know, again, if you have anything else that you think about that you're not sure, give the contact information, just feel free to email or, or, or uh, talk to Brian, and then we'll put it into as far as the list. So, well. so again, thank you for coming. Uh, have finish up the pizza and bring it out of there, and, and maybe grab more soda. If they we have at least three doctors here. Is this really healthy? <laughs> <laughs> Everything becomes healthy. They probably want you to be They want me to be. Yeah, they want you to.